The most valuable thing you can do is jump in and say yes to the work and gain that experience that gives you clarity. That experience of doing different tasks is going to give you confidence, competence, and most importantly, clarity on what to niche down. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. I've been freelancing in the digital marketing space for 12 years now, and now I've started training other go-getters, women, virtual assistants to niche down in the digital marketing realm and get hired as an implementer, somebody who helps do the digital marketing in the back end of a business. So this virtual assistant world has become like a really big term that almost doesn't mean anything anymore. And I really want you to know that I am owning the digital marketing space where you learn how to help your business owners grow their email list, grow their audiences on social media, and build marketing funnels that help them sell digital products, sell their services, and whatnot. So you're in the right place if this is you. And if you are already familiar with me, hey girl, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Today, we're going to talk about something that really gets a lot of newbies and even more advanced experienced virtual assistants stuck, and that's figuring out your niche. Everybody is saying that their riches are in the niches, depending on how you say niche or niche. It just comes out of my mouth differently every time, but I had to make it rhyme. But I don't want you to let this keep you stuck trying to figure out what that is, because sometimes you don't know until you get started. So I am bringing to you a Facebook Live I did recently in my free group. If you're not a member, go check it out in the show notes. And we are going to talk about how to determine what your zone of genius is and where you should operate in your true potential here, your true zone of genius as a unicorn. And the cool thing is it's different for everyone and based on their skills, abilities, talents, interests, their drudgery zones. We're going to talk about all of that. I list some really good books in this live that are worth reading. We're talking about your personality and what some of your results are on some of these very popular personality tests. All of this combines to a special you. (laughs) Sounds silly, like the special snowflake that is you. Well, we all really come to the table with something unique and we gain that clarity by doing the work. And I think there's so much emphasis on coming out of this like starter gate with like a clear definition. And it's not always the case. I'm giving you permission to drop that. And I'm going to teach you in this Facebook Live how to tap into all of these things so you can figure out what it truly is. So Pay attention to the show notes. I have some good books that I reference here. I have a YouTube video I reference here. We also talk about my quiz where you can figure out your behind the scenes marketing role. So go check out the show notes and check out all of the awesome resources. And I also share the top 10 digital marketing tasks that I started out with as a VA. And remember, I have been doing the work. I'm not just some VA coach who never had a real job out of college, not naming names right now. (laughs) 
but I have real work experience. I've been doing the work and I'm not a VA coach who did it one and done and then decided to scale with a course. Like I do the client work and I know what I'm talking about. So these top 10 tasks will help you know what services to offer and where to really tailor your business. So let's jump into this Facebook Live. It was too good not to share or repurpose over here on the podcast. I got a lot of good feedback on this one. So I hope it helps you. Whatever you want to call yourself, virtual assistant, freelancer, service provider, VA, let's talk about niching down and choosing your services and how to discover the services and tasks you should offer. So I see this a lot and hands up if this is you too, where I see a lot of newbies who want to start their own business offering digital services and support but they let the fact that they don't know what to niche down in stop them. I see a lot of new VAs, a lot of new freelancers and service pros saying, I'm still trying to figure out my niche. And so I want to talk through that with you guys today. And here's the thing. I've been working as a freelancer for 12 years now. I've taken a couple of freelance projects when I had a full-time job. And about 12 years ago, Right when my son was born, I said yes to a freelance client, not really thinking about like the long-term game and where that would lead me. And being military, we moved. I had to leave my dream job and I was able to take the freelance client with me and a couple more came and it just like became this thing. And I have always been, I was kind of unaware of this world (laughs) 12 years ago. And so I've learned a lot over the past 10 years about like what is actually marketable, what do clients need, how to get your foot in the door. And I've helped students through my course, through my membership, uh, start taking on these clients. And so I've seen like a lot of success and I've seen a lot of people like get stuck because they don't, they want to have things like all figured out. So this is one of our top questions. I think that this journey, and I know from my own experience, this journey is ever evolving. We don't always know where it's going to take us. And there's so many options and the end game could be different for every single one of you. Success for somebody could be getting hired full-time on a seven-figure team. Success for someone else could be working four hours a day. Success for someone else could be a booked out full 40-hour work week replacing a full-time income. Success for someone else could be doing like a day rate or two a week and that's it, right? A success could be growing a micro agency and an agency and outsourcing some of the work and scaling a business that way. For some of us, we just want a little bit of work now and we don't really know where it's going to take us. And there's nothing wrong with that too. That was me for years, like kind of unaware of where things would take me, right? And I've kind of had a little piece of the pie in all of it. I I was working on the seven-figure business owner's team. had a choice to do full-time with her and decided not to. I was doing the agency. I've had my hand in that pot there. And I've done a lot of just like client work, a mix of retainer clients, a mix of day rates, a mix of projects and, you know, custom projects and those type of like, you know, pricing models that go with that. So like I've been around the block. So talking about your niche, what it really comes down to you. And I don't want it to hold you back because I think the most valuable thing you can do is jump in and say yes to the work and gain that experience that gives you clarity. That experience of doing different tasks is going to give you confidence 
competence, and most importantly, clarity on what to niche down. And you hear a lot of times that the riches are in the niches. And I agree with that, but that's after you've cultivated experience. That's after you are becoming a pro at what you do. And you don't get there until you get that practice. So what I teach my students inside my Digital Media VA crash course is to say yes to clients who want a plethora of tasks done and being kind of their right hand wingman or woman and getting things done and gaining the clarity through that process. Now, some of you are in a, in a special place and I want to talk about that too, because you're coming to the table with experiences that translate just a little bit quicker into the online space. And even if you don't have a degree in marketing, you can still find this work and be successful without the university backing you. But you can have a little bit of a head start if you've had that prior work experience. So for me, I came from the PR world. So I still needed to brush up in how the online world was done. What is an online media kit? What do you know brand collaborations look like online as opposed to just like getting you know media ops in person or building relationships in person with your local media? So things were like a little bit different and I still had to transition. I was talking to one of my very successful students who came from corporate marketing and she told me that my course was essential in her learning the online marketing formula that she was missing out on. So then she could take this marketing experience, add it with the online stuff, and then she was able to take off with her service providing business. So it's not just like a shoe in for everyone, but some of us are at an advantage. So the first thing when you're thinking about your niche is I want you to think about your natural talents. Have you taken any of those personality tests and gained clarity and then like, yes, that is me. Like what comes natural to you? You know, for me, I was always loved writing. When I was in sixth grade, I would write a family newspaper and like distribute it and send one to my grandma and I would format it on Microsoft Word and I would fiddle with the columns and I was doing layout and design when I was like in fifth and sixth grade. So that tells me a lot, right? I was always interested in that kind of like media, electronic media and whatnot. So your natural talents are really gonna show you like, not everybody has those, right? Like what you can do is so much, provide so much value to clients based on like just what you're good at and what comes easily to you. And you tend to have a little bit more job satisfaction when it comes down to your natural talents, right? I don't know, I'm not saying we're lazy here, but it comes easier to us, right? So think about like what you are really good at. Like think about what people say to you. Oh, you know, Natasha, you're really good with customer service. Or like maybe when you were working in Starbucks, like you would really good rapport with people. You're really, you know, like think about those things that people complimented. For me, it was always my writing. For other people, design. Some people have a knack for like pulling together a room and making things pretty. Some people are really organized. Some people are really analytical. Like you've got to know yourself, right? What did you earn higher marks in? What did you do as a hobby? Like that's a lot of insight there, like what comes natural to you. This could come from friends, colleagues, clients, bosses. I don't know, even your mom, guys, even your mom and your sister and your best friend, they're going to see this in you. And if you chat with them, they're going to know something positive about you that we can take and translate into this online world. So it can be qualities that are supportive and empathetic, you know, it could be qualities that are like leadership, right? 
critical thinking, problem solving, like that type of stuff is going to give you insight. So you can make a list of your natural gifts and own it. And knowing what your gifts are is going to help you when you have those days when you're dealing with self-doubt, imposter syndrome, like wondering if it's all worth it. I mean, we all it happens to all of us. Another thing you can do is go back through your past job experiences and make a list of your accomplishments, like things that you achieved that you were good at. You've probably done some really big things for your past work, your past bosses, your employers, your nonprofits, your office, wherever you work, and think about like, what did you bring to the table, right? I think there's a lot of moments where we step up with ideas or to do the work and like, that's big, that's telltale right there. Like, what did you add extra? And make a list of those things. Like, what did you accomplish? Maybe it wasn't necessarily an award, but maybe it was something that changed, challenged and benefited your work environment, okay? And it could be free stuff you did. It could be a volunteer situation. Like maybe you got the the toy drive or the, the school homeroom organized and on a schedule. That right there is a gift that easily translates into the online space. It can be in terms of like, how did you save you know somebody money? Like that's really good. So go back and think about that. Think about like trends and themes there about like what you were able to do in your past office. I got a funny story for you. In my 20s, I worked as an audiovisual specialist and I was working for the government and I got to run conferences. And I was in my 20s working with a lot of 60-year-old German men <laughs> and I was the team leader. Okay, 100% it was my people skills. My ability to lead a team, be charismatic, communicate, be the face of a team, which was no offense, like I have some German ancestry, but some sourpuss old men, right? They were very crotchety and stuck in their ways. So they had me as the middleman to, to work with the teams where the generals were, to work with the facility, the hotel and the, the conference staff, and to be the go-between between our workplace. So like that itself was not something just, they couldn't do that with Klaus, <laughs> you know? That was the gift. And at the time, I saw it. It was clear as day why I was in that job. And I wasn't like the best and the fastest video editor. I knew a lot of my equipment, but I'm not like the strongest one out there, you know, carrying everything. And like, sure as heck, help unload that truck and did work and drove the big, huge van around like Munich. But like that was like an obvious insight to something I was able to add to the table to my team. And then there's this fourth area that's really big. You hear Michael Hyatt talking about it. I just finished the book, The Big Leap. That's really popular right now with entrepreneurs. And they talk about like your zones of genius. This is big. Michael Hyatt was the one who first introduced it to me. And it was really fascinating thinking about this. So there's basically four main zones. And you're going to hear different variations of this. But this is where I want you to see like, where do you fit? Where are you operating now? And where do you want to go? So that first zone is called the zone of incompetence. Okay, these are the things that you find yourself like dragging your feet on, you have a low job satisfaction, it's at the bottom of the pile every week, it's the last thing to get done. I see Mary Lee over here, for her that might be posting on social media, or like doing a live on her Instagram or something like that. What would be a zone of incompetency for you? And it's different for everyone, you guys. I think about what I start dragging my feet on. When I was working on the seven-figure clients team, I was found myself dragging 
my feet every week. Once I got going, once I started having lots more projects in my hands and so many pots, the last thing I would do every week was work on her blog. I hated it. I ended up hating it and it didn't start that way. So I had a lot of guilt, but I found myself thinking like, I don't want to go in there and format this. I don't want to grab all of this anymore. Like it takes so much time. There's no way to do it even faster. Like I would rather be doing X, Y, and Z. Like ding, ding, ding. That's a big cue. For me, that incompetency just like slowed me up. And I mean, I could still do it, but then there's stuff you can't do. Like maybe it is designing a website. Maybe that is not your cup of tea. You have no knowledge of WordPress. Like uh, that would be your zone of incompetency. Like you don't need to touch that with a 10 foot pole, right? Could you learn to do it? If you wanted to, you would, I feel like you would have done it by now. Okay. I remember in college, granted, I am a Gen Xer, Xennialer here, and I graduated high school in 1989. And I was teaching myself how to make my own angel fire websites. Okay. That's what a dork I am. That shows you like that was like a natural talent, natural interest of me. For those of you who might be beating yourselves up that you don't, that's okay. Right. <laughs> if that didn't come natural to you, that wasn't like the strong desire. There's a reason why I don't play my ukulele. I feel like musically challenged. I have a ukulele. I'm, I was trying. I'm like the least musically gifted in my family. Everyone has the ukulele. I'm the worst. And it just, it's my zone of incompetence. Like I'm not motivated to practice. I'm very like inefficient and slow and I know it. And I'm okay with that. That's okay. All right. Will I make my kids learn to play piano? Yes. Okay. So moving from the incompetency. So pay attention. Like even if you already have client work right now, like start being aware of like, what is this incompetency? Because that's okay. You don't have to be good at everything. You start getting that stuff off your plate as soon as possible. That's how you're going to prevent burnout. That's how you're going to stay happy. That's how you are going to be a better contractor, better employee, whatever you are for your client. Like you are going to get that stuff off your plate that you don't want to do. For my seven figure client, we got blogging off my plate. We're like, look, I'm just like no longer my thing anymore. Let's hand that off. Okay. For some people, <laughs> I have... I'm kind of weird. Like I'm a little bit of like a gray area here. Like I can be extremely organized in some areas and extremely unorganized in others. And I like to think it's like a time thing, but I think I might have a little bit more tendency to be unorganized when I look at my filing system of my business. Granted, I didn't know what I didn't know 10 years ago, but I know better now and I'm doing better. But that like innate organization with, I don't know, guys, I used to be so organized with all of my photos, with all of my kids, like I feel like mom world has like completely changed me, but you know, like paying attention to that little stuff, like that's not my competency, right? So am I going to grow up one day and be an online business manager? No, I am not. I had that opportunity to do that with seven figure client. And I knew I didn't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. That is not my zone. I don't enjoy organizing that. I mean, I love to organize my mom's silverware drawer and her fabric in her sewing room. Like I'll go home and help her with that stuff, but <laughs> I'm like weird like that, but no, I don't want to do that for someone's business. Like I would hate it, but other people like they just can see how it should be mapped out. It's like there, there you go. Zone of competence. This is work you can do very efficiently, right? It's not really the work that has deep satisfaction. It doesn't really pay well. Okay. Competence to me is administrative skills. Could I do them? Yes. Am I going to really like make big bucks doing that long term? No. Do I feel satisfied doing that? No. 
I was really good at the cash register. I was really good. And so I got promoted very quickly in college. I worked at the bookstore to the buyback period, like to handling all the money and getting that line going fast. Like they made sure they brought me in during those like peak hours when people were buying and selling books. That mean I want to do that forever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. You know something else I was really competent at? I used to work in the cornfields in Nebraska and Iowa as a, a middle school or high schooler. I was really fast at that, like pulling those tassels off the corn. You know, I was very fast at that. I'm like a fast laborer. Does that mean I want to stay there forever? No. And I know that. And I could coast along that, but like there's no like special skill involved. It doesn't mean that someone could choose any other checker, any other cash register over me any day. We're exchangeable. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? So can you think of something that like you might be doing in your services right now that's completely in the zone of competence? Like you're replaceable. It just, it doesn't even really matter. That's not your niche down the road. That's not your niche. Is it beneficial to get in there and do some of that stuff now and kind of get a taste of it? hundred percent, like know how the pieces work together, but know when this is just zone of competence. Okay. Let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Okay, the next level zone of excellence. And this is where I want to see most of you moving toward, right? This isn't even the end goal, guys. This is where we're figuring out your niche and you start to really get practice. You get established over time and you get really good at it. You start cultivating the skills. This is where you can pop in there and do things faster. I know you guys have heard me tell this story of the locksmith who spends years learning how to pick locks, he can show up at your doorstep and pick a lock in two seconds. That's because he's like really cultivated that skill and the ability to do that. Like he is good at it. It's not necessarily equating time for money, but it's that learned over time ability to get the job done. So a lot of people, it's really comfortable to stay in your zone of excellence, right? So There's a level above this, which I'll talk about in a second, but like knowing like what is your zone of excellence is like the best starting place for figuring out your niche. And I'll tell you why, because when you get out of the zone of excellence, where a lot of people stay safe, you get into the zone of pure genius. That's where you start charging more. That's when you start having day rates. That's when you are completely booked out and you can charge. It's super profitable. It's super marketable. Nobody can do it like you. You've got this thing down 
So it's like the locksmith who only does certain kind of safes and banks. I don't know. That's like a terrible example, but you get me here, right? It's taking that zone of excellence to the next level where other people aren't going. That's where you were meant to be. You have to get that clarity to work up to that. You don't know that when you just start your online business, when you start doing digital marketing services or administrative services. How are you to know that until you get plenty of time in that zone of excellence? So having the awareness of these four stages, I think is crucial to figuring out your niche. So from the zone of genius, that's when you start really knowing exactly who you work for and what you do. In the case of this online world, that's clients, that's services, that's industry, that's your niche, okay? So I'm giving you permission to operate in that third level, which is zone of excellence, and get the experience you need to then grow up to that next thing. And for that next thing in the online space, you could be inventing something completely new here. I know some higher level options would be becoming the online business manager, becoming high level directors, becoming the copywriter, the website designer, the funnel builder, the the very high level strategy position, manager, director position, like that's what's up there. Whether that's on a team or for your own business or your own like one-to-one client work, maybe one day you have your own course and you're teaching how to do that thing at that level. Like there's so many options up there in that zone of genius. Another way to figure out like what that thing is, is these personality tests. And we talk about this a lot. A lot of business owners like to use tests to kind of decide if you're going to be the right fit. So have you taken a personality test? One that I just did a couple weeks ago was the Clifton Strengths, the Gallup Clifton Strengths. And that was fascinating because it takes 34 different traits and it ranks them. And you get your top five, your top 10, and you can also see the bottom. Guess what was low on my bottom? That sounded wrong, but for me, it was discipline. I had very low discipline. Now I know in the online space, like consistency is everything. I know that from working with for years with clients. So you will see me posting on Instagram almost every day. You will get an email from me every week because I know that that is key. What you don't see me doing and struggling with in my own world is working out, (laughs) cleaning on like a regular routine schedule. Like I'm terrible at that stuff, guys. Like I am really bad when it comes to routine and discipline. And I'm I'm okay with that because I can get better. But that that was just for me, everybody's different. And it was interesting on my own Clifton Strengths. I really thought I would have high executing skills and high, there was another thing on there, but I actually scored really high in relationship building. My top four strengths were all relationship building. And that just told me like, man, I am doing the right thing for the right people. And I'm on the right mission because I'm helping my friends, my fellow moms and military spouses and women find the freedom they crave working from home. Like I am doing the right thing with those skills. And that's eye-opening and it's a boost of confidence and it shows me like, like I'm doing the right thing with a course and a program. Because sometimes guys, I'm tempted to just do the client work because it's easier. (laughs) It's easier than doing my own business and being the face of my own business. I'm not gonna lie there. So these personality tests can show a lot of insight to like maybe what you should be doing. So somebody like me who's scoring high with a relationship building could easily be affiliate manager. I would be really good at that. Facebook community manager and like owning the community and helping my business owners engage and manage and do that with their Facebook groups and online communities, wherever those might be. 
So uh, this is why I have that quiz. I don't know if you've taken my quiz, but if you go to emilyreaganpr.com slash quiz, it will shoot out some different strengths for you and some different job opportunities for you. So I encourage you to check that out if you are don't really know. And that one is actually based on the DISC assessment, which is another very popular personality test. Myers-Briggs is another good one to take and just see like, where do you excel? Now I'm not a personality test wizard. I get them all confused. But I know that there's a certain person who's more analytical, there might be a person who's more creative and free thinking, and then there's there's a place for each type of brain, right? Introvert, extrovert, the perceiving, the judging, like all of that stuff. Another good one you hear a lot about is the Colby test, and that can give you some insight to maybe what you should niche down. There's a free strengths finder test you can do too, so you don't have to pay for the Gallup. I actually had my team do that last week and we we're just kind of seeing like, cause you, you want to be operating in your zone of excellence. You don't want to be in that incompetent drudgery. Michael Hyatt will call it the drudgery zone. You don't want to be stuck there. So knowing who you are like at the core is imperative to choosing your niche. And then from that, you can think about like the type of clients you serve, right? And the type of industries that light you up. So, okay, we move past for selling tests. So let's talk about another thing when choosing your niche. That's the market demand. You can narrow down your niches as much as you want, but if there is not a market demand for that, it's going to be really hard, right? It's going to be really hard to find the clients there. So what is the market demanding right now? And I'll tell you what I see. The market is demanding virtual assistants who have administrative skills and can be like business supportive with admin tasks. A lot of people are going overseas because they can hire that type of work for three, four, five dollars an hour, unfortunately. I say unfortunately because to me that is exploiting cheap labor. And then what I see in the market after working with all of these clients, after talking to all my peers, is the demand for high-level freelancers who can help execute and help out with strategy, a combination of helping them with strategy and helping them implement at a very high level, very specialized part, okay? So what comes to mind clearly, copywriting, website design, like somebody who can come in at like a coder level and make beautiful websites. So when I'm, I'm thinking about like top level here, copywriter who just does sales pages, like that's their thing. Like they've gone from the zone of excellence to the top level genius, which is that thing. Business owners are hiring specialized people to do Facebook ads, manage their Facebook ads, especially if you're like analytical and a little bit creative, that could be an option for you. So we're talking about market demand. What I see, and I will never stop preaching this, even though it goes against the grain, is business owners want a teammate. They want somebody who's more than a clock in, clock out type of person. Like they're looking for a right-hand man. And I see this as a very successful way to get your foot in the door and get experience because there are not enough teammates. There's a lot of clock in, clock out virtual assistants operating in an administrative level. There's a lot of high level people who kudos to them for getting to that level, but sometimes they're unaffordable. There's a missing section, which we're going to call our blue ocean because it's not very competitive for the teammate and the teammate that has a mix of strategy, knowledge, and implementation skills. The things that I see business owners needing help with 
it's not just like inbox support, but they need help showing up in the email every day, email marketing. They need help with their content, their social media, like all of that stuff that's supposed to be happening in the back end of their business in order to grow it. Helping them get visible on podcasts and brand collaborations, helping them engage their communities, helping them show up for their students, helping them grow their email list, helping them grow uh, their audience, like all of that very in demand right now. There's people who will coach on the strategy. There's tons of DIY programs, coaching programs. There's high level, you know, marketing people you can book consultations with like that. That's there. Those options are there. What's missing, which I think you should take advantage of because this is a, like a niche in of itself is the digital marketing niche, the people who can implement it, right? But you gotta like look at the market demand. If other people are doing it, it shows you there's a demand. If there's not a lot of people doing it, like that's a big hint too. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that, right? So then there's more niches that are more profitable than others. And you kind of have to think about, is it more value-based pricing or is this more like an hourly time pricing? Value-based pricing means there's like a exponential return on investment with that. So. The administrative tasks, yes, they save time, but they're not necessarily bringing in money, clients, revenue, right? So therefore, it's going to be less profitable by nature compared to something related to digital marketing. Because if you're able to grow an email list, grow a social media audience, like you're able to bring in more money. Do you see the direct correlation? This is why copywriting is more value-based pricing because you are able, somebody could spend $10,000 on a sales page copywriter and make 300,000. It's like a no brainer. So think about that when you're thinking about your niche, like, oh, what niche should I do? Go for the profitable one, girl. <laughs> like don't settle. Is there a time and place to do some of the work? Yeah, I get it. Like, but not for long, because if you want to make money, if you want to create wealth, if you want your bank account to grow, like you've got to go to the profitable in-demand niche. You have to. I did a YouTube video somewhat recently. It published a couple weeks ago about 10 profitable niches like related to this digital marketing world. We talk about, I don't know, podcast manager. That's a way to take these digital marketing implementation skills and be even more profitable and get into that zone of genius. So go check out that video. We'll post the link after this is done, but that can give you some good ideas because even just kind of hanging out in digital marketing land, like there's so many opportunities to niche down within that. I don't know if you've heard about this. I'm throwing a lot at you right now. I get it. There's this whole strategy of like blue ocean, red ocean. And the red ocean has a lot of people operating at it. It's a shark infested water. It's red because there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of people in there and they're all able to play the game of like, who has the lower prices? And that's why the overseas world is kicking butt when it comes to data entry, transcription, repetitive administrative tasks, because that they can play like who does it cheaper. I want you to get out of that red ocean, come over to the blue ocean where it's more value-based pricing, right? And it's not about who can do it cheaper anymore. It becomes who's creating the most value for the client. Come to the blue ocean where there's not a lot of sharks. There might be like one or two, I don't know, and operate there. And that's where you're going to see better profit. Okay. That was some like high level business advice there. I really suggest like jumping in and not getting stuck on what is my niche, but jumping in with the services and finding out. And you find out by saying yes, by having the courage. Picture for a moment, like you are doing the work in your business that you love, 
that makes you happy and you don't have to do that crap that you don't want to do. For me, it was formatting a blog post. <laughs> There's a time and place for that, but eventually I grew out of that. Like that should light you up. That should make you just like breathe a sigh of relief. Like I only have to do what I love, what I'm good at. I don't have to get on the phone and figure out tech support with GoDaddy. I don't have to worry about writing headlines for a client. Like I can just focus on the stuff I'm good at. Like that's your end goal. That's a huge definition of success is job satisfaction. That's why we are here. We're not here to just work for all of the clients and just do whatever they want. Like we have control and you get that control by gaining clarity on what you do, what you love and what you don't love. It can be painful. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It can be really hard to figure things out. I managed a client's Facebook, seven-figure client's Facebook. I did her Facebook for over a year. And after that, I was like, I'm done. I don't like that pressure. <laughs> I don't like having to be on every day. I love coming up with post ideas, strategy. I love helping to write and assist. I did not want to be the one in charge of posting four times a day for a year. Like that was hard work, you know? And like, I wouldn't have known that unless I hadn't done it and I'm okay. And I now I have the clarity. Now I can show up in my own business with that knowledge. I can teach other people, you know, what I learned during that year. And guess what? It's actually more fun in my own business. It doesn't feel like drudgery in my own business. And the days that it does, I just don't post anything. Like, fine, I'm not going to, not going to. I don't have to, and no one's going to get mad at me. <laughs> The people who can eventually scale their services business are the ones who do figure out that niche. How do you figure out that niche? You gain that clarity. You do the work. You say yes. You don't let fear hold you back. And it's okay. It's 100% okay to not have all the answers, to dive into the work and be like, oh man, that's not for me. Did not enjoy that. Like awareness is what we need. We don't need to get stuck in the building, building, building phase, planning, 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 when we haven't actually done the work. Like that's not gonna move you forward. You are gonna have to be a little bit uncomfortable and jump in and do it. I've learned so many lessons over the past decade. I learned that having 10 different Pinterest clients is hell, it was not for me. For some people, they love it because it's predictable, steady work, they know exactly what they're doing. I just finished up a quiz funnel with a client. I was like really paying attention to my feelings here and I was like, why am I getting bothered by this? What is it about it? Besides like a deadline and like life, like sick children ruining deadlines and client work, <laughs> all of that banana stuff, I was paying attention. I was like, what was it that like was not lighting me up with this particular quiz funnel? And when I thought about it, I went from being stressed to like ending it really happy. I'm like, what happened in there? Like, why did I go from like negative downer too happy as a clam, like I love my clients, I love my work. What changed? You know what changed for me? I got to add new things into that funnel that I hadn't done before. Like I told you, I get really bored with repetitive work. And I've been cranking out the same funnels, the same funnels, and then suddenly this client at the end, we both started like coming up with ideas and strategizing, like how can we do this different? Like let's try this, let's try that. Like I'll make a gift like this and I need creative, creative juices flowing. I need to feel like a part of the project. I need to, I need that. That's when I'm in my zone of genius. And we just did something crazy. We've never done, I've never done with another quiz funnel. I'm so proud of it. We'll share it soon, but that's what lit me up. 
that's what brings me out of the zone of competency. Pay attention to that. That's going to give you the clarity you need to niche down. And now from there, you are going to find clarity in like the type of clients you like and you work best with. I'm going to give you a little hint here. Brand new baby business owners are difficult to work with. They're hard to work with. They don't always have the money. And when we talk about profitable niches, the type of clients is part of that. Clients who are more established are going to have money and pay better. It's just true. They're going to have more clarity on what they need done. They might, they're looking for that middle ground. When I talked about somebody who is more savvy with strategy, they're going to want to hire and work with that person, not the admin. You know what I mean? And I'm not knocking that. Like there's a time and a place. If you fill up my workday with eight hours of that, like I will be watching Netflix on my phone, probably. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? Like I'll be doing anything to distract myself, like making reels or something. <laughs> so the type of clients can matter when you're niching down. And even so you can go down to the type of industry because pay attention to that. I got really dang lucky and worked with a lot of creatives, which was fun because it was happy work. It was pretty pictures. It fed my soul. I got to work on Pinterest for these creatives. I did a lot of furniture painters. I've worked with a lot of designers. Like I found my niche in that world. Like I'm well known in that world, believe it or not. I still work with a paint company now. And that's the way to riches is like carving out that profit as far as what is that industry. I did work, used to work for the Air Force. I wrote articles and was on their newspaper and PR team, whatever. And what I loved is I added a travel section to that paper. We wrote feature stories. We, I had fun with the creative stuff, right? To get to, to like improve military service members, like quality of life, like bragging upon each other, showing them travel ideas, like what to do in Germany. Like I love that aspect. And then all of a sudden I would have to write an article about DUIs, just very like mission driven, heavy stories. They do this thing in the military called a FOD walk, F-O-D, foreign object debris, where everybody has to go out onto the runway and walk across the runway and look for like nails. I don't know why they just don't like sweep it, but whatever. So they do these FOD walks. Like I would have to make that a news story, guys. You better believe I was like dragging my feet on that article. But could I pump out something about like an airman who just was like won the wrestling champion of Europe. Like that was way more fun to talk about him, his success, like get inside his brain or talk to like international spouses. And you know what I mean? Like the feature stories are so much more fun. So paying attention to that is just key into getting into that zone of genius. Ultimately, that's your goal. And what is that as far as the industry? What is that as far as the client and type of client? What is that as far as the services and tasks? Like it is a stair-stepping process. It does not happen overnight. Okay, I've thrown a lot at you. I encourage you to go check out that YouTube video that I talked about with some niche ideas. I talked about coming to the table with prior experience. It's hard to go from like very little experience to like suddenly like, yeah, I'm a content manager and SEO strategist. Like it is really hard to make that leap. I think it's easier to get in there and gain the experience and like level up to that area. Okay, so if you are coming to the table with prior SEO experience, it's going to be a lot easier for you to jump up there because you've already built up your credibility. You're just you're trying to build up your client base. 
So I 100% believe in that. I know it works. I've seen it work over and over. And some of these digital marketing tasks are so interrelated. You know, you can't just live in a bubble and do one thing and not know about these other things and how they fit together. So there's a couple things you can do right now. I have a download. If you haven't downloaded it already, I've kind of revived one of my old lead magnets. It's 10 tasks and services I started out with as a digital marketing assistant. I'm not talking about admin stuff. I don't do admin stuff. I hope you guys got that really clear for me today. Like I suck at that stuff. If you have any questions about picking your niche or want to gain any clarity, you want to share your personality results, I would love to hear from that. And if you have picked your niche, please tell us, let everybody know, because this is how we help each other. When we know someone who better handle something that we can't, like we want to be able to refer you and say, well, I know someone who does this and this. I know somebody who is a podcast editor. I know someone who is a copywriter for healthcare professionals. I know somebody who does Facebook ads for estheticians. Like it can get really narrowed down as you gain that experience and you really cultivate your skills and you get known for something. And when you get known for something, that's when you start charging a premium. Like we talked about with value-based pricing. All right. Thanks for joining me. If you found this podcast helpful, will you do me a favor and share it with a friend who's a go-getter, somebody who's been wanting to work online, someone who's been wanting to work from home, someone who wants her freedom and to actually make decent money and not get stuck in minimum wage, somebody who would really rock it online, share it with one friend because this could change the trajectory. They could start building a whole new online career. And it's amazing what doors will open once you start seeing the jobs, and once you start seeing the work, the funnels, the things you could be doing. Next week on the show, my newbies and my more established freelancers are going to love it. We're talking with productivity coach Brittany Dixon about a couple things you should be doing in your business to help you streamline, get more efficient, get better with the client work, not burn out. It's going to be a really good episode. You're going to love it. Please join us next week. And as always... If you find yourself needing clients, advanced trainings, community, you're tired of doing it alone, I'd love to see you in the work group. Go ahead and apply. Link is in the show notes. See you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. There's a lot of good books from Mike. Um, well, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher his name. Zone of excellency, excellence. We'll see you next week in the Facebook live in the Facebook group here. We're going to be talking to a, um, a digital marketing assistant.